Hey guys, uh, Barry, William Magritte here from the Comeback Game podcast, back with another episode. Today I've got Dr. Andrew Knight uh, from Ascending Health, who is a facilitator of human neural organization for the last 25 years. Uh, Andrew is very passionate about uh, human neurology and how how within human beings it can become disorganized and lead to poor health and performance and really wants to kind of share around how we can have the key solutions to regain health integrity in the modern age. Dr. Andrew Knight, how are you doing today? Hi, Barry. Very well, thanks. That's good. Mate, um, let's just kick off for the uh, people that are watching and listening to this today from wherever they are in the world. Do you want to just uh, share a little bit about you and what it is that you do? Sure, Barry, thanks. Um, I'm a chiropractor, qualified chiropractor. I've been practicing for more than 25 years and recently I have had the opportunity to teach chiropractors about the developments of what we what we're about about um, particularly the brain and the central nervous system and how it's uh, how our modern age how the, this day and age a lot of the stresses that we accumulate or are subjected to uh, traumatize our bodies in a way that diminishes our health and our ability to uh, get well um, have a properly functioning uh, immune system, have properly functioning relationships with our significant others and those sort of impacts, uh, they're more intangible than used to be. It used to be that we dealt mostly with neck pain, back pain, headaches, those sort of things. But in my practice in this day and age, I'm seeing more and more clients coming to me with uh, anxiety related issues or other forms of uh, ill health that they want attention for and that's where we're, that's where we're going with this uh, new new science if you like yeah can you share a little bit around what the knock methodology is because um, like a lot of people would relate to chiropractors as the old kind of whack and crack yeah uh, and I know for myself you know like many years ago when I had some severe spinal issues I tried all different types of practitioners and one that really didn't sit well with me was the traditional chiropractic the whack and crack approach I felt that there was just something about it that didn't quite feel right in my body. And upon exploring, I came across um, Network Care, which is more of a soft touch form of chiropractic. And, you know, what you guys do in the NOC methodology is very different. So could you explain to people around, like out there, what is the NOC process? Sure. Um, not NOT or a neural organization technique uh, started out for me when I first graduated and it was quite overwhelming but I practiced for many years as a, me- a mechanical based chiropractor. I like to call it mechanical based because it views the body as uh, a machine of parts which can be realigned and misalignments cause ill health and interference of the nerve system is basically the central premise and um, as I developed in my practice I found that it fell short I uh, worked in country WA for many years, 15 years, and it suited the, the client base that I had there were very mechanically minded. And um, if, it didn't, if it didn't make a noise, he didn't do anything. So um, I found that when I moved to Melbourne, I, uh, I had a whole raft of people who were very um, well-informed yeah. and, and knowledgeable about other types of care particularly acupuncture and kinesiology and massage and and uh, neural organization brings a lot of that knowledge on board with the way we approach the central nerve system and probably the best model we can use moving away from the industrial model and the mechanical models is the information technology model whereas the brain and the central nerve system is a, a kind of 
it's it's kind of insulting to call it a computer because it's so much more than that. It's a self-healing and uh, self-repairing mega computer and mm. damage and, and drops to it. Everybody has a phone. They understand the concept and the metaphor now when we explain the neurology as part of, of what goes on in your mobile phone, for instance. If you drop it, you're going to have problems with it. You might have to replace the screen, but you might have to load up the apps that have been affected or outdated or you might have to upload um, more relevant applications to your particular needs. And that's where we're going with um, the approach that we take nowadays. Mm. We're, we're, we're trying to explain to, to clients and, uh, and chiropractors alike. That's, that's our model. Mm. It's really interesting because like we look at the way that, that doctors prescribed prescriptions for years around certain things. And one thing that I've noticed on my own journey um, through, you know, to human potential and human excellence is that everything is interconnected. Um, what I'd love to know is like, what do you feel is the connection between uh, ill health, body, muscles, uh, the way that we're functioning and limiting beliefs? Like, is there any connection in your opinion between the emotional and the psychological things that us as human beings are carrying and we're all carrying it whether we're consciously aware of it or not we're all we're all preconditioned from uh early ages right through into early adulthood um what is the connection for you between you know limiting beliefs and more around that psychological aspects and and the body uh, it's very clear and the scientists are telling us more and more information about it all the time that the the thought process produces um neurotransmitters and uh, neuropeptides and those those very uh, powerful chemicals are released by the neurons in the brain in response to trauma, but also in response to pleasure as well. Yeah. And um, a constant production of those neurotransmitters produces then stronger, stronger chemicals in the body like corticoids and adrenaline and people who, who have been exposed to a lot of trauma, whether it be physical or emotional trauma, um, have that chemistry in their whole body and it, it, it pre-wires the body's uh, construction and uh, behavior to those stress chemicals. So emotions and limiting beliefs that stem from those traumas are embedded in the chemistry of the body and those cellulars, those cells that, that are immersed in that chemistry, they grow in a certain way. It affects the, the it even affects the um, genetic uh, triggers that yeah. um, sometimes the genetic, genetic, uh, coding is is triggered by certain chemical states the we the scientists are telling that more and more so mm. as a practitioner it's about retraining the body's um systems to nurture a place of stability and growth rather than a response to trauma over time and the fright flight response stimulated creating stress hormones and making people jumpy angry irritable and affecting their limiting beliefs in a way that is preconditioned, hmm. for sure. So, so do you do you believe then, based on that, that there's possibility that we're carrying physical illness or, or physical pain in our body that a result of limiting beliefs and experiences we had as in, in our childhood? Well, it certainly influences it. Um, it's a it's a it's a broad, a broad stroke of the brush to make a direct link, but hmm. I, I guess that through. Um, the understanding we get from our 
uh, environment, when we are tra traumatized in a certain way, we'll avoid that, that reach, we'll avoid that trauma. So we'll mm. make up and judge that environmental situation in a way that it causes us pleasure or pain to mm. move us away or towards things. So that then reinforces the, the belief about it. If you, are, if you were trapped underneath your beanbag by your big brother as when you were growing up, you'll avoid unpleasant situations like uh, closed spaces for, from then on. It'll, mm. it'll be part of your pre-wiring, not only uh, because of a limited belief, but because it, it triggers a chemistry in your, in your, process, in your system. Mm. You'll, have, you'll think about a closed space and your neuropeptides and neurotransmitters will trigger mm. your adrenal response and that's an unpleasant uh, situation. So you'll move away from it. Mm. And is it possible then um, that like going through the, the knock process, like obviously you're noticing patterning within the bottom, uh, within the body that is you know, possibly not in alignment with, with normal or high, uh, high functioning. Is it possible then through working through the body, you're able to actually clear these emotional states at the same time? Yeah, we, we, we have uh, a way of measuring those, those, responsive, those responses in the body uh, quite simply um, and quite reliably uh, by generally asking the body to perform functions in certain ways and then detecting uh, inability to perform those functions equally or under a stressful situation. And, and then we set about reprogramming, if you like, through various techniques of uh, contact Mm. reprogramming those automated responses which come from uh, the belief state so it's mm. not a conscious not often on the conscious level it's more of a, of a, um, a, Pavlo a Pavlovian response if you can yeah. understand that where you ring the bell the dogs were conditioned to uh, eat food when the bell was rung and yeah. then they took away the food and the bell was rung and they still ran to the bowl to eat food so in a way our subconscious minds are preconditioned to that yeah and we can we can get into those uh, tests and those functional states and we can reprogram them reasonably quickly uh, within a matter of uh, weeks to months. Yeah. Yeah. One thing that I found, um, like we've been doing some work together and one thing that I found from my personal experience is that, you know, I've, I've worked actively on myself and, and on my inner game um, for a long time. Inner game being, you know, belief systems, value structures, thought patterning, and also energetically, spiritually alignment with, with self and, and with, with calling. And one thing that I noticed significantly is that I had this experience where, although I'd made so many changes internally, there was almost an aspect of me that I felt I hadn't embodied those changes into my physiology, into the way that I actually held myself and the way that I, that I presented myself and the way that I walked and the way that I moved until I started working with you. It almost unlocked in me these changes that had already been made, but hadn't yet manifested at a physical form. Yeah. Yeah. We integrated them. You're, you've done a lot of work and, and I find a lot of, uh, clients of mine who've done the pre-work, they've, they've been ready to make changes and they've been held up by a, a physiological block. We can help to break down that physiological block within their subconscious processing just from the terms of uh, unlocking their, their fight flight state, disarming their um, primitive responses to fear mm. and anxiety. And then by rebuilding the the basic building blocks of stability, which is how you stand, how you respond against gravity, standing on one foot, how you process things at night with your eyes closed is completely different to how you process them with your eyes open. Because neurologically, we receive a lot of information through our eyes. And yeah. you turn that off and so all of a sudden you have to realize 
uh, simply on proprioceptive ability, and that's that's tricky to some. Yeah. He's not asking yeah. you to ride a skateboard at night with your eyes closed or anything, but it'll certainly test you. <laughs> yeah, and that, that was definitely something that was quite significant for me is, is the understanding of how our body can function. The same function responds differently tonight to today. Yeah. That was, that was a, a big thing. And obviously being able to integrate and amend those two different states to be able to both function at a high level. Yeah, and, and we can... We can detect those changes in your physiology um, by just simply asking you to do the same tests but just close your eyes or, or, or do them at night time and then we can discover a whole raft of uh, subconscious processing that's been going on while you've been sleeping a lot of people have don't sleep well because they're in a fright flight state they've carried over yeah, yeah. And so yes. integrating that is very important yeah fascinating stuff i want to want to change gears i suppose um just to have you share a little bit about your journey so far um like like what has been some challenges or some hurdles that you've had to overcome in your journey in in not only what you do within the the, the not methodology um in chiropractic but but as a business owner entrepreneur as well like you've been in the game for a while now if you look back in your life like what were some of the biggest challenges that you actually had uh had to face and, and overcome to be where you are today i think um I think one of the biggest ones was uh, after we uh, we finished our degree, six-year degree in my case, um, that we were kind of under the impression that we would open the doors and, and there would be a queue down the street for our services. And uh, that, took, that took a while to uh, change. Uh, and a lot, uh, we, don't, we, don't, we weren't taught a lot about business or, or any of those skills, so we had to go out and learn them as well as looking after people. It became quite overloading and eventually being in a practice on my own in the country away from my colleagues and peers who supported me through that time became too much of a load and and uh, I burned out and mm. had to look for other options as how to how to run a business more successfully so I shopped around my services around the globe for about 10 years or a little under and um, realized I actually did a pretty good job of it of what I did initially, but uh, it was time to give back and learning and teaching chiropractors now in what I do is giving me much more reward. I still look after clients as well, but the rewards to uh, train colleagues is, is um, amazing, amazing. Yeah. It's what I still have to keep practicing to keep my hand in the game, but it's, um, it's wonderful to teach people who are, t who are helping others. I guess it's that feeling of being able to make an impact far beyond just the, the, the clients that you see weekly is that every chiropractor that you're you know, taking through this methodology and that you're sharing and you're teaching and you're helping them to upskill, they've got the, the ability to each impact hundreds if not thousands of clients themselves that's as well right. as a result of the training that you're, you're providing them. That's right. So my reach is, it, my reach, if I can teach chiropractors to do what and upskill them and, and to be part of their professional, continuing professional development, um, I'd much rather do that as well as look after the one-on-one because -on -one. I still enjoy that face-to-face -face interaction and that it, it, it makes me smile at the end of the day when I've helped some people get through some stuff. It's really very, very rewarding. Yeah. What do, you reckon, um, what do you reckon the biggest mistake was that you made in business in all your years? Like you look back, what was the mistake that, that you feel caused you the most amount of pain but possibly also caused you the biggest breakthrough as well? Mm. Gosh, in business, 
Um, I yeah. had a pretty like, good, you like, you're like pretty good, <laughs> yeah, pretty, yeah, pretty good run. I probably think that um, holding on to the good when the going was good was probably. I didn't have a succession plan. I I had a succession plan, but because business was going so yeah. well and I was enjoying it so much, I got lost in the business of doing the business and forgot mm. to look up and see what was to become of me later, like now. So it took mm. a long time, it took five years to recover from that um, realization that I'd probably uh, on-sold my business probably three or four years too late when I was already a little bit overloaded and, and a little bit jaded and, and then had to rapidly get out of it before I uh, did something um, not so you know, wise to myself mm. and others. So, would, would, I, would, I, I was just going to say, would, would you say there's an aspect of complacency in that? Um, did you get? I, did, I, just, did you I don't think I had. I don't think I had the right advice. I think I was out doing my own thing, getting uh, no advice, basically no business advice, mm. and trying to making up, make it up as I go along. Looking at other people's models, looking at based upon, I guess. And one of the realizations I had towards the end of that practice uh, career was that there were three or four of my colleagues who um, who died or were, or, or were killed uh, at the end of their career when they were just looking forward to their retirement. And there was two suicides uh, from close friends of mine, which just seemed such a, a, a wow. shock. Yeah. So this wasn't just me that was feeling overloaded and overpressurized, but uh, it was across and uh, across the board. And uh, when I reached out, looked out there, there was a lot of my colleagues were at that point, at that tipping point of like, why am I doing this? So yeah, I think mm. that was the biggest shock mm. that that made me look up and go, hang on a minute, is this really what I, really what I want to be doing for the mm. rest of my life? There's got to mm. be more to this. So yeah, that was probably uh, a catalyst. It's interesting mm. how life. Um like something that I, that I often say is that your business will always be broken. And I think that life is constantly squeezing us to continue growth. And it's like, you know, we're the green and growing or we're up and rotting. And I just see this aspect when we get a bit too complacent or get a bit too safe or, uh, you know, maybe coast along life tends to kind of throw these opportunities for us to, to recalibrate and to in many ways consciously choose whether or not we want to keep going down the same path we're going down or whether we want to consciously choose to go down some other path. Um, what do you feel like was the best, like one to three bits of advice that you ever received off like a mentor, a friend, a colleague, what are the three bits of advice to you that, that are kind of stuck with you? Well, probably um, the, the first piece of advice when I first went into business, when I was so uh, young and, and green out of uh, uni was that, uh, that I had to start as I wanted to finish. So I set up my business structure from the get-go with some advice and that carried me through for probably 15 years just wow. on that business structure alone. And some of the decisions I made at that stage paid dividends later on, investment strategy and, and business uh, professional development wise. Yeah. Um, I, think another, I, I think another piece of advice which was given to me by a friend of mine who was a colleague uh, and, a, and a good friend since high school, he said, don't give up your profession, mate. Give up everything else, but you're a good chiropractor. Stick with it. So I think, I think staying within your industry was a very important uh, aspect for me. And I, there's so many 
uh, variants of what I could do. I'm a, from running a big uh, multi-doctor practice with many staff mm. in in regional WA um, to to doing locum work across the across the globe in Italy and uh, France and um, toying with the idea of teaching and then moving into a teaching position not in not in a university sense but in a facilitator role with a, with another organisation a neural organisation technique. Um, going to seminars, there's so many, there's so much scope within my field of profession that I didn't have to throw away my professions and, mm. and talk, I actually worked for a month in a winery. Uh, <laughs> and I worked, I worked, um, I worked for a friend of mine who had an excavator um, in the house demolition business just to see what those industries were like. And I'm, I'm glad I stuck, I'm kind of glad I stuck with, uh, with these because um, they, they, they still give me a great deal of joy. And I don't want to be elbow deep in an excavator up to my elbows in Greece. Yeah. Someone's old home. Thanks very much. Yeah. But, um, or, or walking around a vineyard in the pouring rain, tying down vines uh, just to get paid in, in industry discount. I, yeah. it, was, it was enticing. But um, no, I think sticking in your industry is, is key. Um, setting up how you start is to how you how you want to finish. Setting that up yeah. first, and just and just being persistent. Yeah, yeah. Being yeah. Persistent. So, so start with the end in mind. Uh, yep. Great bit of advice. Stick within your industry or within your niche, and yep. and persistency pays off. Yep. When when you're at the end of your rope, just tie a knot and hold on. Yeah, yeah, I love yep. that. And like if, if, if we were able to jump in a, a time machine right now and we're able to go back and visit the 10 year old version of you, right? What advice would you give him knowing what you know now? What, what advice <laughs> would, you give, would you give that 10 year old version of you? Yeah, um, never get rid of your bike. <laughs> <laughs> Motorbike? Yeah, I know I used to um, tinker with push, push bikes at that stage. And then um, when I became 15, 16, I, I got my first motorbike and I've, I've always had bikes and, and that's where I get my most joy riding with my friends, whether it be the two weeks around Tasmania or, or a couple of, or a couple of uh, tours of, of, of not tours of duty, but motorcycle tours of Cambodia, um, riding on the weekend with another group of friends, just my life and my happiness revolves around riding bikes. And so I'd say, you know, see that bike just, just keep that one. <laughs> probably, probably that I get the most joy out of that. Yeah. Do you, do you find that, that having that hobby uh, allows you to kind of stay inspired in your work and allow, allows you to bring energy to your work, having that, that off time? Yeah, well, they're, they're, I've got a few of my bikes that actually sit out the back of my practice right now. So this the occasional waft of fuel is one of the bikes I'm working on is, is you know, drips a bit of fuel. But <laughs> uh, I've got, um, I think I've got five, Four, five bikes now, and um, I think uh, two. One of them has one of them's working. Yeah, yeah. But the yeah, rest nice. are in various states of maintenance, maintenance and repair. Yeah, yeah, nice. Um, I suppose next is like what, what advice or what would you share to to anybody watching, listening to this today that you know is in business because um, most of the listeners are business owners, entrepreneurs that, that may be going through some challenges right now or maybe have some, some current issues with their health and their well-being. Like, what advice would you share with them? Um, I've got to, like, thank you for the invitation to do a, a webinar with you, but I've been putting together a, that kind of, a, of a, um, a bridge between what people experience in their world and what I teach chiropractors in the professional world. And I guess that it's just, the ability to identify your state is 
the key um, message within that is if you don't know what state you're in, you can't change it. And mm. if you're in a if you're in a fright flight state, and you're defensive and you're snapping at your spouse or you're or you're uh, go you're being aggressive or or just intolerant of your staff, you're in a fright flight state. You need to recognise that so you can move out of that mm. and work at reducing that fright flight in whatever way possible. We can help you with that. But there are many ways: meditation, exercise, uh, just going bushwalking, that sort of stuff. Just removing yourself from that uh, state, the environment that creates that state. Then look at look at whether your your stability, whether you're stable in in your life, whether you feel safe and secure. That's the next stage before we can move to growth. And then when when we're looking at growing, how how your systems are going, you can't. One of the examples is that you can't digest your food. Your digestive system. A lot of people are, are smashing down the the shakes and they're they're taking the greens and they're doing all that sort of stuff and their body's not in a, in a state to actively absorb the nutrients they're pouring into their body because the alarm state is produced cortisol and shut down the digestive system function. So all of that nutrient is just a bit going to waste. It basically ferments or it rots in your digestive system and you can't absorb the nutrients. Mm, yeah. So getting your priorities about getting out of fight flight, being stable and enjoying your food so that you can absorb the nutrients out of it to create healthy immunity to create healthy hormone balance, to be joyful. That's really where you need to be is a self-awareness. It's awareness of where you are. And so I think that's that's probably what people could take home from like this message is that there is help for you, but you need to know where you're at. Mm. Mm. And, and you need to be willing to do something about it as well. I think that that's often something I see a lot is people just haven't got the awareness that there's there's something else other than what they're experiencing, because what they're experiencing, they've experienced for so long that it's become normal. And, uh, and, yeah. And, and if and, people and, are watching this, they're, they're looking for the change. They're, they're ready to reach out and to ask for help and to get the change. Whereas the, the people that aren't watching are stuck in a, in a um, bubble. So it's of, of their own delusions. So that it's up for those people to identify their friends and their colleagues and say, hey, mate, you're, you're in a fright flight state. You're a bit angry today. What's going on? So there's that interconnection that we have to, that role that we have to play, the responsibility that we have to have for others, not just us who are watching yeah. the podcast and, and changing and, and being proactive and responsible. We have to look to the person next to us and say, mate, there's no need to go off. There's no need to beat your horn in traffic. We're going to get there. Yeah. Just chill. And yeah. you, you might need some help with that. Yeah. And I've got just the <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so uh, if any of the, the viewers uh, or listeners are listening, watching this today that are from Melbourne or, or Australia and want to travel, I highly recommend that you uh, get in to see Dr. Andrew Knight because he will honestly blow your mind with not only his expertise, but the way that he is able to unlock your body uh, in new ways you never thought possible. Uh, Dr. Andrew, like, how can the people get in contact with you? How can the, the Comeback Nation get in contact with you? <laughs> Thanks, Barry. The best, the best way is I have an entry portal on the web. So it's uh, www.ascendinghealth.com.au. Um, you have to put the AU at the end, otherwise you end up in uh, Florida. So there is another Ascending Health, but it's in the US. So we've got the .com.au address. And you just make a booking. There's a booking button there and you can just make a booking and, and make a time. And uh, then I'm happy to run through a, uh, a protocol assessment of you and see where you where, where, where your help would be best fit, best fit. 
Yeah, awesome. Dr. Andy, mate, thank you so much uh, you. for your time today and for all that you've shared. Uh, for, those, for those of you watching, listening, uh, please put any comments or questions you've got below and uh, Dr. Andy will be more than happy to, to answer those. But equally too, if you, you think that uh, there's someone around you right now that's maybe a bit irritable and you think might need a bit of a hand, my recommendation might be to tag them or uh, share this with them so that they might be able to get that subtle hint that there's something that they can do to uh, move past their irritability. But uh, Dr. Andrew, mate, it's been a pleasure having you on. I really appreciate your time. Thank you very much, Barry. I'll see you soon. Thanks, okay. mate.